You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, guys? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rosvoglu Report, and on Instagram, at Straight Up Saints. If you haven't already, you can check out the Patreon page. I'll leave the link in the description below. Doing some film reviews. Going to definitely do some film reviews of Taysom Hill after seeing... Uh, what went down this Sunday afternoon against the Denver Broncos, which was a weird ending to a weird weekend in general. The Broncos didn't have any quarterbacks due to COVID protocols. They found out that I believe Locke, Bortles, and Ripien were all close contacts or high-risk contacts, whatever the label was, with Jeff Driscoll, who tested positive on Wednesday. As a result, they couldn't play on Sunday. The league didn't move the game, and instead the Denver Broncos had to go with former quarterback-turned-wide receiver Kendall Hinton uh, as the starting man. We knew it was either going to be a frustrating day or an absolute shit show, and it was a shit show for sure. Um, it wasn't the prettiest win at all, but the Saints do end up coming out with a 31-3 victory, extend their winning streak to eight games. They continue to roll. They're now 9-2 and this season, another winning year for Sean Payton. And we're going to get to all that, but what was funny to me was before this game, people said, it's not fair, how could they do this? Yeah, look, let me tell you something. It wasn't fair. I totally agree. It's not fair that the Broncos had to play without a quarterback. It's not fair to the defense. It's not fair to Vic Fangio. But rules are rules. The Broncos did not follow protocol. And I am not in the business of feeling bad for teams anymore. Because remember when the Saints lost to the Rams, everyone said, get over it. Blame yourself. Okay. All right. So the Denver Broncos could blame themselves that their their quarterbacks didn't follow the rules. Okay. I'm not here to talk about whether or not they should have postponed the game or any of that. I don't feel bad that the Broncos had to play without a quarterback. Do I feel bad for the defense in that circumstance and certain guys are penalized? Sure. But I do not feel bad that the quarterbacks on their team messed up and they didn't get to play. Now, let's talk about what went down defensively. It was a masterpiece from Dennis Allen. The only thing that went wrong was that they gave up three points. But look, you were going to give points up. They were running the football a lot. They were bound to break a couple of decent runs to get into field goal range. And McManus hit a 58-yarder. I mean, the dude's got a boot. It's not like he hit a chip shot field goal, hit a 58-yarder, which means they didn't even get into the red zone um, for the Saints. So defensively, it was another great game. This is an ascending team on that side of the ball. They did what they needed to do. People said they needed to dominate. They come out with two picks, a fumble recovery, a sack. They did what everyone thought they would do. And it was really a lose-lose situation because if you do what you're supposed to do, people say, well, you played a team without a quarterback, you're supposed to do this. And if you lose, God help you. I mean, the shitstorm that would have came out from this game if they lost would have been unbearable. But you know what? you rather take the, in quotes, losing situation, which means you held them at three points. You did what you're supposed to do. People won't give you the credit, but it still counts as a win, and it still counts as a really impressive performance from the Saints defense. But that's not what you guys want to hear about. You guys want to talk about Taysom Hill, so let's talk about Taysom Hill. Let's get into it. Taysom Hill wasn't good on Sunday. Taysom Hill completed 9 of 16 passes for 78 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Not good. And although Taysom Hill was pretty good as a runner, 10 carries for 44 yards and two touchdowns, no fumbles. The no fumbles for me was a big thing because ball security needs to be better when you're a runner like Taysom. I I know people are frustrated, and I know people are going to get into the should they bench Taysom. I'll talk about that in a second. Here's what I thought from Taysom. Here's what I thought, just looking at it at first glance. I'm going to get into film review tomorrow, and I'm, I'm going to look at film tonight anyway of what happened with Taysom, but I'll probably have my review slash video up later this week, probably Monday, Monday night maybe. Um, so to stay tuned for that. But what I saw from Taysom that was discouraging, decision-making was not quick. He was a little hesitant on plays, and he wasn't taking off when I thought he should take off. Like there were plays where, all right, you have to have that eternal clock in you where you're like, okay, 
two seconds, three seconds, four seconds go by. I got to get out of the pocket. I can't sit here forever. I'm a mobile quarterback. I got to make something happen off script. And I just think Taysom didn't do that today, which is unfortunate. He did that against the Falcons, didn't do that today against the Broncos. But what I find interesting is that everyone is ready to say, let's get rid of Taysom. Jameis Winston should start, and it's going to be the hot take all week. One, the Saints still scored 31 points. And two, go back to last year. Teddy Bridgewater was awesome. What he was able to do, 5-0, and the team didn't miss a beat. Awesome. I was really happy for Teddy Bridgewater. He deserves the contract that he got with Carolina, and he's doing his thing. And we're happy that Teddy's doing his thing as a starter. The Saints had two games where they played like absolute dog shit on offense. They didn't score a touchdown against the Cowboys with Teddy Bridgewater, and they managed to win that game 12-10. to And then they scored 13 points against the Jaguars, and they managed to win because the Saints were keeping the Jaguars out of their own end zone. So they won a game with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback in which they scored 13 points and they scored 12 points. And no one talked about benching him. We just accepted that Teddy had a bad game because Teddy isn't Drew Brees and Taysom Hill isn't Drew Brees. So let's accept what the fact is here. The Saints offense isn't always going to run smoothly when your Hall of Fame quarterback isn't at the controls. I tweeted it. I'm going to keep saying it. That is a fact. Taysom Hill might have a good game like he did against the Falcons last week, and he might have a bad game like he did against the Broncos this week. But guess what? The Saints were able to win both of those games. Just like Teddy Bridgewater was able to have four touchdown passes and blow out the Bucs one week and play really bad against the Cowboys another week where he can't even get the ball into the end zone. Shit happens when you don't have Drew Brees. It's not easy. The fact that they're 7-0 in those games is a testament to Sean Payton, a testament to the defense, a testament to the depth on this roster that's been constructed by Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis. But just pump the brakes. Not everything's going to work for Taysom Hill. This is his second career start. We don't even know if he's a legitimate full-time starting quarterback. We're going to figure that out on the fly right now. And what's interesting to me is Taysom Hill spoke to the media. He said the game plan changed in the last 24 hours, and he basically became a game manager. And the first and second down calls were dramatically changed and conservative because Sean Payton didn't want to risk this game. This was such an easy game for the Saints. Play good defense, run the football, take the points that are there, get out with a win against Denver, and you hopefully come out without any injuries. That wasn't the case, but that was the plan. Beat the crap out of Denver on defense, run the football, don't give them any chances to build momentum without a quarterback. And that's what the Saints did. And they scored 31 points, they ran for over 200 yards, and yeah, we're going to sit here talking about whether they should bench the quarterback. I just think that's a little bit premature. And the Saints had confidence with Teddy. They stuck through with the bad times, and Teddy paid off. He had some big games. Stick through with Taysom. Breeze will be back in two or three weeks. Stick with Taysom for now and figure it, figure it out, man. He threw 16 passes, 16, and he wasn't good. He wasn't good. I totally get it, and I'm going to say it a million times, but stick with him. Last week, everyone was saying, all right, maybe this Taysom Hill thing can work, and now all of a sudden, it can't work? That's a quick 180. And I know the people like Nick Wright and Adam Sheen or whatever the hell his name is are probably sitting there freaking out saying, oh, look at Taysom Hill. It doesn't work. The, the Saints can't win with him. They're 2-0 with Taysom Hill because this team is so deep that sometimes it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, at least in the regular season, they'll find ways to win, which was the case today. So I'm not going to harp on Taysom Hill being awful. I'm going to accept the fact that he wasn't good, but also say, hey, the game plan was different. Let's address that. The Saints offense wasn't always good last year. Let's address that. And let's be real. Why would the Saints throw the football all over the field when they were running at will? They're playing good defense. I would have loved to see Taysom Hill get into rhythm. I'd love to see him hit some passes with Emmanuel Sanders, hit some passes with Michael Thomas, but it wasn't meant to be. Today wasn't the game to do it. So you eat, you swallow it up, 
You take the win, you go home, you figure it out against Atlanta, but I don't think the Saints are even going to consider benching Taysom Hill, nor should they. I'm fascinated to see what happens with Jameis Winston at some point. I can't lie to you. I want to see what happens, but not now. We still got to figure out this Taysom Hill thing, and I think for the Saints, it makes no sense to bench him. So I know people are going to ask, and I'm just going to give you my answer now. No, I don't anticipate the Saints making a quarterback change. And no, I'm not ready to say that Taysom Hill isn't it just because of one bad game of football against the Denver Broncos defense that made Tua Tungo-Vailoa look like crap last week. The Broncos against Miami last week were so good defensively that the Dolphins benched Tua for Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Saints didn't do that because they were blowing them out, they didn't need to make a quarterback change, and they didn't need to throw the football. Just let it go. We'll see what happens next week if Taysom struggles against the Falcons the second time around. Yeah, we could chalk it up to teams that have more tape. He's not making his reads. We'll talk about it. But I saw enough last week from Taysom to take this game and say, hey, look, he threw the ball 16 times. They ran with authority. No reason to make a quarterback change. Now, I want to talk about something positive on offense, and that was Latavius Murray. He was fantastic. 19 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. What I loved most about Latavius was he was playing so well. The Saints basically, look, they still gave... Kamara the ball 12 times, I believe, but the Saints basically gave Kamara a day off. He had 12 touches, didn't really do much, didn't take any big hits. Uh, He was limited throughout the week with a foot injury. If you got to limit your superstars now to make sure that they're fresh come uh, December, come January, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Absolutely. Let's go for it. And Latavius was so good. And I'll say it here. I didn't tweet it out. I might tweet it out later because I've been thinking about it. When the Saints signed Latavius Murray, everyone was pissed to see Mark Ingram go. I remember that, and I was one of those people that like, damn, you know, you're going to miss Mark, um, but I, I was not mad about getting Latavius because Latavius has always been a solid player. I can sit here now and tell you this with all my confidence in the world when I say this, Latavius Murray is a better football player today than Mark Ingram, and the Saints made the right move signing Latavius Murray than bringing back Mark Ingram because if Kamara goes down, I don't know if Mark Ingram's going 19 carries for 124 yards or not if Kamara goes down. If Kamara's limited, I don't know if Ingram's going to put up that stat line. Ingram's getting phased out in Baltimore because J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are better. Latavius Murray, meanwhile, continues to get carries, and you're going to see a game from time to time like this where he just dominates, and he was dominant today, um, and he was awesome to watch. So I was really happy to see him play well. And how about the offensive line? Pass protection wasn't great, hasn't been great, but the in terms of um, rushing the football without Pete, without Armstead, you're missing your whole left side of the line, and you managed to rush for over 200 yards against a good Denver Broncos defense, which, look, Denver struggles against the run, but Denver doesn't give up 229 yards rushing often. That don't really happen. So the Saints ran the football well, ran with conviction, really liked what I saw from the offensive line in terms of their ground and pound attack. So I got to give them credit um, in that regard for sure. So it wasn't all bad for the Saints. Obviously, the quarterback play could have been better, but they ran the football really well. Now, it wasn't all good for the Saints. I mean, there were problems that come with this 31-3 victory, and the big problem here Injuries. Injuries continue to pile up for the Saints. And, and for this weekend, it was Janoris Jenkins going down with a knee injury and Marquez Callaway going down, um, I believe, with a leg injury as well. So if they miss Janoris, that's going to be big. Janoris has been really good the last couple of weeks. He's got back-to-back games with an interception. They're playing the Falcons next week. And let's be real, with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, you need your secondary on top of its game. That's how you beat the Falcons. You play really good coverage, and you take advantage of their mediocre O-line, which is what the Saints did last week. Really good coverage on the back end. Defensive line just destroyed the offensive line for the Falcons. They sacked Matt Ryan eight times. They had two interceptions. They played great football. Saints are going to need that again next week. I'm not going to get into that game yet. It's way too early for me. I'm going to enjoy this Saints win over the Broncos. But that's something you're going to have to look out for next week. So Janoris Jenkins' status, 
even if he misses time, you just hope it's not anything long-term because when Janoris is on and Lattimore's on, it's one of the best secondaries in the National Football League, so I really like what I see from Janoris. You just hope he's okay, and it sucks that happened on the interception because you almost sit back and feel like, oh, I wish he didn't pick off the ball because he wouldn't have got hurt, and you hate to think that way, but sometimes you do. So obviously I was upset there, and then Marquez Callaway, that's big because if Deontay Harris is still out and Callaway's out, I think Austin Carr is going to end up being your punt returner, and that's not encouraging. I don't even want to see Austin Carr on the active game day roster, but yeah, whatever. It is what it is. The Saints are running out of bodies here, so for at least for kick returns. So we'll figure out what happens there, but obviously you hope that Callaway and Janoris are fine. Um, from what everyone was saying, from all the, the beat reporters, it kind of sounds like Callaway was a little bit more banged up than, um, than Janoris Jenkins. So we'll see what happens there, obviously. But that's something to talk about. That is absolutely something to, to monitor this week, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, 31-3, and three, they're 9-2. and two. This is good. This is, for the way the Saints season went, they were 1-2 at one point, and we're all sitting there going, okay, this is not a Super Bowl team. This is absolutely a Super Bowl team. Whether they get there or not is a different story. Not going to get into it. We, we'll see what happens. There's still five games left. The Saints are, let's just say, not good in the playoffs the last couple of years. But this is a 9-2 and two football team. And what really helped them out today, not only did they take care of business, Couple teams they needed to lose, lost. The Buccaneers lose to the Chiefs. I'll talk about that game in a second. And the Rams lose to the 49ers in one of the bigger upsets of the day. And Kyle Shanahan sweeps the Rams this year without a quarterback, basically. He's been great. Um, and that was big for the Saints because the Rams were pushing up in the NFC standings. And now the Rams drop back. They're seven and four. So the Saints have two games up on them. And then the Buccaneers lose a second straight game. They fall to seven and five. The Buccaneers are one and three since signing Antonio Brown. And I know the story's going to be Tom Brady played okay, and they were fine. They had moments where they could have beaten the Chiefs, but they still lost. A loss is a loss, just like a win's a win, regardless of how it comes. They're 7-5, and five, and the Saints are two wins away. If they win the next two games, they will lock up the division. If the Saints win the next two games, it is over. They won the NFC South. I can't... I, like, the fact that that's, that's possible, the Saints can do that before Christmas, is awesome, in my opinion. Um, and they got two games that are pretty winnable. You got a Falcons rematch that's winnable, and you got an Eagles game that's winnable, both on the road, which makes it tough. But we'll see what happens, and I think the Saints have a good shot. But the fact that the Buccaneers lost today was big time for the Saints. You never know with that team. They could start to unravel. We'll see what happens. We hope that, I, I mean, I hope they unravel. Um, I'm not in for some fairy tale story that Tom Brady goes to the NFC and plays well. I hope Tom Brady stinks. I hope he throws a bunch of interceptions. People are going to get mad about it. I don't care. Um, like I just, you guys saw on Twitter today, I tweeted out that Tom Brady had seven picks in the last four games, and someone came out, oh, well, you know, he has almost as many interceptions as Drew Brees has broken ribs. From a Patriots fan, which, mind you, if you're a Patriots fan, respectfully, mind your fucking business because your team stinks right now. And second, if you're a Patriots fan, why are you worried about what Tom Brady does? It's over. That, that era is over. He's in Tampa Bay now getting his ass kicked and throwing interceptions left and right. Worry about your own team's problem. But while I was at it, it was interesting enough Drew Brees has missed the last two games due to his injury, so he hasn't won in those last two games. Tom Brady's been playing. He hasn't won in the last two games either. So, respectfully, again, fuck off. He's got four interceptions over the last two games. He's got seven over the last four, and the Bucs are not playing well. So I was really happy for the Saints to see that happen. You have now have a 9-2 Saints team and a 7-5 Bucs team. The Saints win on Sunday against the Falcons. If that happens, they get a full three-game lead over the Buccaneers, which would be huge. For the Saints, and then if they were to beat the Eagles at 11 and 2, obviously you're, I'm thinking way down the road here, but it's a hypothetical. 11 and 2 would clinch the division with three more games left, if my math is correct. It is. So, three more games left, you could possibly clinch the division. So, big time losses for the Bucks and for the uh, Rams today. Right now, as a recording, it's like 8.30 over here. So, Packers Bears is just getting underway. I, have, I don't have much faith 
in the Mitch Trubisky-led Bears to beat the Packers. But if the Packers lose, that'd be huge for the Saints because the Saints can essentially drop a game and still be okay, which would be huge. Would be absolutely huge if that happens. So we'll see what goes down there. I, again, though, don't have much faith in Chicago. I think they're going to lose. They'll probably lose in tragic fashion too. Um, but if that happens, that would be huge for the Saints. They'd have full, uh, they'd have two games up, but really it's one game because the Saints lost the head-to-head against Green Bay, so they would need a second loss from the Packers. So enough getting on that tangent. Let's get into the Twitter questions you guys sent. Talk about those before we wrap up the show. Obviously, not a whole lot to talk about today. Uh, the Saints kicked the Broncos' ass like they were supposed to 31-3. to I mean, there's not a lot to get into. But anyway, let's get into the Twitter questions, see what you guys have. You think the Falcons will have any hangover after their big blowout win against the Raiders in next week's game against the Saints? It's possible. I will say this. If the Falcons are going to have their best game of the season, thank God it happened this weekend and not next weekend. And you guys could say, oh, you don't know if that's the case. I'm not, I'm pretty confident that the Falcons aren't going to play the way they played this week, next week. They won 43 to 6, guys. Like, that is a dominant victory. Dominant. They ran the football well. They threw the football decently well. But the big thing was that they played great defense. Great defense. They had five sacks. They picked off Derek Carr. They forced a couple of fumbles. Their special teams was great. I mean, Young Ho Koo had Young Way Koo, whatever his name is, had five uh, five field goals. He missed. He made all five. I mean, they did not play bad at all. They played great in every single phase of the game. So I'm going to say this: I could see them having a hangover. I don't know what that hangover would entitle because you're what's the record four and seven. If you're four and seven, you're having a hangover. That's on you. I don't see how that happens. Um, but I do agree with this sentiment that I do not think that the Falcons will play as well as they play this week. They play. They won forty three to six against the Raiders. Like blew out the Raiders. I don't know what that was. Uh, biggest shock of the of the day of week twelve. Biggest upset. Um, so yeah, maybe they do dip down a little bit. With the Saints reportedly over the cap limit for next season, should we be worried about what's going to happen with this team? Uh I mean, look, yeah, you should be a little bit worried, but, like, enjoy the season. The Saints are 9-2. and two. They don't come – years like this do not come around often. I know that it's crazy to say that, and I sound like a hypocrite saying that because the Saints have been great for the last four seasons. But years like this don't happen often, and it's so hard to win in the NFL. Worry about next year when next year gets here. And I don't mean that to be a dick. I'm being serious right now. Worry about the 2021 cap situation when it gets here. Enjoy the Saints team right now. But yes, they're going to have hard decisions to make. I think they're going to lose Sheldon Rankins. They're going to lose Jared Cook. They could lose Trey Hendrickson. They could lose Marcus Williams. Those are all possibilities. I think the Saints are good enough um, in terms of scouting and signing players that they can figure it out and they continue to uh, keep winning and at least be a competitive football team. But worry about that when it gets there. Enjoy this season. We'll see what happens. They're 9-2. They're the one seed right now. And... We'll cross that bridge when it gets here. And it will get here. It absolutely will. But we'll cross it when it gets here. So don't worry about that. Does Winston get a start before Breeze comes back? Also, is Quan the best midseason acquisition the Saints have ever made? No for Winston. I think it's Taysom Hill all the way till Drew Breeze comes back. And I don't mean that as if, oh, I, I'm all in on Taysom. He's great. No, I think that the Saints, they got to figure out what they got in Taysom. And two games is not enough. One good game and one bad game, what does that tell me? Put it together, it's inconsistent. So that's not enough for the Saints to figure out if he's their guy. So absolutely, I think Taysom starts the remaining games with Drew out. I don't think Jameis is going to play. Kind of bodes well for the Saints. They could get Jameis cheap next year because no one knows what he looks like. And then as for Quan, Quan's been amazing. I cannot express it enough how thankful I am that the Saints went out and got Quan Alexander. Because at the time, everyone said they needed a corner, needed a pass rusher. We kind of overlooked linebacker, but look how good they've been with Quan. Quan and DeMario together have been such a good one-two punch, and the defense has transformed 
ever since Quan got there. I believe they've given up one touchdown with Quan Alexander on the in the starting lineup. They gave up one touchdown to the Niners, didn't give up one to the Falcons, didn't give up one to the Broncos. So, yes, Quan Alexander has transformed this defense, best mid-season acquisition for the Saints I can remember. Um, and and you got to give props to the Saints for going all in. you got to give props for doing a good job saying, hey, no one, I mean, the outside's not thinking it, but we know deep down we need linebacker help, and they got it. Quan's been absolutely great for the Saints, so I'm happy that he's there. Can I donate my ribs and lung to Drew? Uh, we probably all asked this question. Unfortunately, we can't. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think Drew's progressing well. Uh, I think we'll see him back for either the Kansas City or the Minnesota game. I feel strongly about that. Um, I think he obviously misses the next two games. It's on the road. No point of playing him. Uh, he has to miss next game because of the IR rules, but he could technically come back for the Eagles game. But to answer your question, no, we can't, but we'll see. Should the Saints go forward with Winston since Taysom struggled today? Oh my, this is the same question again. I want to say it again. Taysom Hill's not getting benched, folks, at all. It's his show for now. If things go off the rails next week, maybe, yeah, maybe let's talk about Jameis against the Eagles, but no. Um, it's Taysom Hill's job for now. The Saints changed the game plan. He only threw 16 passes. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Taysom did not play well, but the Saints didn't need him to play well. And I think they continue to play like this. They're just going to keep Taysom Hill in there. And then when Drew comes back, Drew's obviously going to be the starter. Taysom's performance was bad, but there will be overreactions. I feel they changed the game plan to get Drew, um, Drew out of Denver. And with a win next week, he'll be uh, with a W. And next week, he'll be better. Defense was on fire. I hope Jack Rabbit will be all right. What do you think? Uh, I'm not sure about Jack Rabbit. What's going on with him? I hope he's okay. Um, they need Janoris. Absolutely need Janoris Jenkins. He will be the difference maker at times for the Saints defense. When he's on, you give him a second cornerback that can play really good man coverage. I don't know what's going to happen. I think if it's a short-term injury, I think Patrick Robinson can absolutely hold down the fort. Patrick Robinson has been really good this year, folks. I know we don't talk about it enough, and I get it, but Patrick Robinson, who came to the Saints last year, came back to the Saints last year, I should say, didn't play well, and he didn't do much. And then this year, in the times that we've seen him play, he's been really damn good, really damn good. So if they got to go with P-Rob for a couple weeks, I'll be fine with it. What is the cause of Kamara's downward use in the offense lately? Um, yeah, I have a question. I, I mean, not a question. I have an answer for this question. Uh, good question. I was, was good question is what I was going to say. Excuse me. Just completely twisting my words here. Um, there's a couple of reasons for Kamara not getting the uses that he's getting. For one, the Saints didn't need to feed Kamara today. Latavius Murray was running all over the field. That's one. Two, Kamara has been limited in practice. I do wonder if the Saints are just trying to limit his workload because they don't need him right now, which is absolutely a possibility. And three, with Taysom in, the Saints' offense isn't the same. Like, Drew does a lot of checkdowns to Kamara. It's a lot of screens. Drew's so quick with his decision-making that he likes to feed AK-41 and just get him in space. So, all those three go into it. It's part limiting the workload, part Latavius is doing a good job, no need of getting AK in there, and part Drew Brees gets more out of AK than most guys. So, I think it's all three factors. I wouldn't be worried about it. I think when Drew comes back, when AK's feeling a little bit better from that foot, I think you'll see him unleashed back to what we've been seeing early this year. So I'm not really worried about it. In the limited touches he's getting, he's running the football well. Like even today, Kamara had only 11 carries, but for 54 yards. So it's basically five yards a carry. He's doing fine. I'm not worried about Kamara moving forward. Uh, I had a question why the game was played since Denver had no QB, QBs. NFL afraid the crybaby Saints would try to sue them again. So this is pretty funny. This is coming from a guy who has 25 followers. His Twitter bio says professional cartbagger. I'll answer this anyway, even though this guy's a clear troll. Um, but first off, the NFL didn't move this game 
because they had one positive COVID test. They didn't have an outbreak like the Ravens. They didn't have an outbreak like the Titans. They had one positive COVID test, and they had three quarterbacks who didn't follow the rules and stayed in a meeting with Jeff Driscoll with all of them not having their masks on for two hours, possible exposures. The NFL didn't want to risk letting them play and getting people sick if they do test positive in the next couple of days because the incubation period is anywhere from two to 14 days on COVID. And while I'm at it, if you're saying the NFL didn't want to get the Saints, hurt the Saints' feeling, the NFL fined the Saints $500,000 today and took away a seventh-round draft pick for dancing in the locker room, which they've been doing all season, but they decided they were offended when the Saints did it after they beat Tom Brady. So politely, fuck off. And second, there is no way the NFL did this to favor the Saints. The NFL did it to send a message to the rest of the league. They got to follow the COVID protocols. If you don't follow the COVID protocols, there's going to be consequences for your actions. The Denver Broncos quarterbacks didn't follow the protocols. They didn't get to play. Tough titty. I don't give a fuck. That's what happens. This is not about babying the Saints when they just got fined half a million dollars and lost a draft pick today. This is about sending a message to the rest of the NFL, get your shit together. And I know the NFL is hypocritical for even saying that because they don't have their own shit together, but that's why. So next time you come in with a bullshit question like that with your stupid 25 followers, I'm going to come at you pretty hard. So take that shit and get that out of here. I don't want to hear any of that, but that's going to be the final thing I'm going to take for this one, obviously. Um, It's hilarious. People love to say that the Saints complain about shit and that their fan base is annoying, and yet they always come and mention, I don't even know who the hell that guy is, and I don't follow him, he doesn't follow me, yet they always find a way to lurk in. It's it's pretty funny uh, to me what they do. So they could keep bitching about it, they could keep complaining, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I really can give two shits what these non-Saints fans have to say about this team. They're 9-2, and two, that is a fact. They're the number one seed in the NFC right now, that is a fact. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers keep losing, that is a fact. And the NFL hates the Saints, but it doesn't matter because they're still going to win. That is also a fact. This 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 game, horrible circumstances. Um, at the end of the day, you feel bad for Kendall Hinting because he literally was put up in such a bad spot. Like, I tip my cap to him. All the respect in the world to him. Tough spot for him to be in. But at the same time, if the NFL moved this game to Tuesday, you're also messing up the Saints. You're messing up the schedule. And you have two Tuesday games. I don't even know how that would work. That would be the weirdest thing in the world. The NFL hasn't handled COVID well. I think we'd all agree on that. What we can also agree on is, though, if you're not going to follow the protocol, there's obviously going to be some consequences. The Saints followed the protocol with Teron Armstead, put Kelly on the COVID list as a close contact, said that there wasn't other people who were at exposure. The NFL reviewed it. They were fine because they followed protocol. If the Saints didn't follow protocol, I would rip them for not following it, but they did. The Broncos didn't follow it. They paid the price. It happens. Saints win 31-3. to Saints are now 9-2. and I'll get some film review on Taysom Hill up in the coming days for you guys so we can talk about his performance, which wasn't great, but obviously there wasn't a lot for us to see. He only threw the ball 16 times. But until then, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I hope you guys rate, review, subscribe uh, to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. If you got any more questions, send it on Twitter. I will answer uh, all of them for you guys. But look, it's 9-2, nine and, nine and 31-3 to three victory. I don't care how it comes. You accept it. You enjoy it. You celebrate it. Um, and next up for the Saints is a showdown with the Falcons, which I will have a preview on that later this week. So we'll see what happens then. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. Let's see what happens with this Packers-Bears game. You're, it's probably going to be over by the time you guys get this out and listen to it. But right now, as I am recording, it's just started. So we'll see what happens uh, there. But again, appreciate you guys for listening. Stay tuned for more Saints content in the near future. Um, and let's hope this winning streak continues as the season goes on.